This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our show. Uh, that was three, if you were counting. Have we ever had four? I don't think so. I think yeah, it's that, that would be three. a really that must that would have to be some special event. Well, <laughs> well, tonight is a special event for me. It's t- episode two hundred and twelve, which I believe is where water boils. And just like my blood, I'm boiling about oh, you're some of the boiling? topics tonight. Oh man! So I'm looking forward <laughs> to this now. So. I, I go for walks around my neighborhood, all right, and it's it's starting to get political season. People are starting to put up posters of their favorite candidate du jour, um, and I'm seeing some some local stuff. Now, the title of the segment is uh, "Think Globally, Act Locally," which is an old recycling or I don't know where it came from. I think it was recycling, maybe something else, where you you think about the world, but then you think about doing something local and personal. So I see signs for local candidates. Okay, this doesn't mean anything to if you're not in this this area, but it got to me thinking. I got to look these people up. You got to know your enemy, right? You got to know your nutbag, well, or or your. Uh, they don't have to be your enemy. Uh, these are okay. <laughs> the 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 posters I'm seeing as I've done so my research. So is this is this a woke neighborhood, Chad? No. Okay. There's about five have, woke neighbors. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. No, there's about five woke neighbors, and I really want some of them to come out from their. Houses and just let me ask them. So you questions. can berate them? No, no. <laughs> I want to ask them what does this candidate stand what for that you support? What is wrong with you? So, in in that vein, I thought, well, you know, we ought to we ought to be we have a responsibility as parents to teach our children right from wrong, and these candidates are wholly wrong. They are not even remotely right. They don't even understand what right is. So I thought, well, we should talk about that. So I've got a local candidate. And her name is, and I want to say this correctly, it rhymes with banana, Shanna. She, she was very clear to say. Shania? No, Shania. Shanna. Okay. And her mom always said it rhymes with banana. Shanna Banana. Danielson. Okay. Uh-huh. This young lady is 28 years old. She has never held elected office. Her entire working career was six years as a music teacher in a public school. Okay. So... Keep that in mind. Now, somebody pointed out to me. Now, are you suggesting that you would have preferred she had already held office? Because I don't no, necessarily no, no. view that I'm as I'm not a saying that's a positive. Either. Yes. What I'm saying is her entire life experience as an adult was six years as a music teacher in a public school. Well, maybe she taught lots of different instruments. Great. I don't know what that has to do with <laughs> government, but great. Uh, she's got a lot of thoughts. Now, she claims – now, we're in, we're in the state of Pennsylvania, and there was a governor named Tom Corbett, who's a previous governor, the one we yes. currently have, Tom Wolf. And he cut the budget for education. That's where she got political. When he cut the budget for education, and to be fair... Did he actually cut the budget for education? He didn't give them more money. Okay, well, They wanted a billion dollars. That's very important, Chad. (laughs) You cannot adopt their (laughs) lingo. I'm sorry. uh, I'm using her words. Refusing an increase is not a cut. This is what they say in Washington. Well, we all... She felt like... Every student needed more music right. and art, which every art and music teacher always thinks they need more something. You know, forget the hard sciences. We need art and music. Now, I, I think back to elementary music for you. What did it consist of for you? For me, it was a recorder. Um, Those little plastic flute-like things that weren't really flutes. For me? That was it. I don't remember I don't even else. think I can remember. 
we played some records, records, LPs for those of you out there of a certain age. We sang. Somebody played the piano. Kazoo? Maybe it was Kazoo. Kazoo. It was we, the record. It's the recorder. It's the recorder. That's all yeah. I can remember. Up until fourth grade. And the grade, triangle. <laughs> if you're really bad with rhythm, you got the triangle. That was it. Now, maybe they do more now, and maybe that's a good thing. All right, but I don't, I don't think – so I don't think your point is to bash no, uh, teaching the kids music her, at that. Her one item agenda is education for children. And I have no problem with education for children, but it's got to come from somewhere. The money has to come from right. somewhere. It doesn't just magically appear because you want it. Well, so, and again, the, the, but the, the larger point is generally, and it's very important, that when these people talk about – that's why you actually have to pay attention because when they say education is being cut, mm-hmm. that is generally a lie. Yeah. And what it really means is we're not increasing as much as we did before, and therefore that's a cut. No, that's not a cut. It's not a cut. That's an increase. Yes. And in fact, if it's not an increase, <laughs> then it's staying the we're same. staying the same. Well, they, if you talk to a public school teacher right now, they will all say they need more. I, well, of they course they will. Want of course they more. will. And look, I mean, we can have the debate about are there things that are underfunded? Of course there are. Are there schools that don't have sufficient funds? Yes. But if yes. you look at the per pupil spending, not it's just in up. Pennsylvania, across the country, it's it has up. gone up. In it, the trend line is up, up, up. And we haven't it gotten never, better. It's we never dipped. Spent more. We spent more. Right. She doesn't like school vouchers. Shocking. Oh, yes. No public school teacher ever seems to like school vouchers. Anyway, I want to play your clip because. She's of a certain age that we, we've generationally called people not nice things, probably. Who has? Who Millenn- hasn't called millennials? them Millennials. Uh, you, you haven't called them nice things? I haven't called them nice. I thought nice. I thought non-nice You mean you think millennial now is a, um, has a negative connotation? Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, they, they I mean, I wasn't... Of... Here's my problem with millennials. They've shown up on the scene and they expect everything to be handed to them because we're here. Just give me... I want to, like, she's 28 years old and expects to be a representative. Not all millennials. Well. But, but they have, they have, I think, earned a certain stigma of entitlement. That, let's I put it that's this way. Correct. Whenever you have a stereotype, there's some grain of truth to that stereotype. It doesn't just materialize out of nothing. So millennials, and I'm not every millennial isn't like that, but there's a lot of millennials who think, I'm here, just give me, because I grew up with everything. So I want to play her clip. She's interviewed by another millennial, so they're young. They're part of the young Dems. Okay, if you're kind of getting her feel for it, I want to hear hear the quote about what they talk about millennials. Hear this, because and I want to see if you agree or disagree with what they say. It's a great right now to, as a stress relief because yes. they're separated from all this chaos. They don't know what the world holds up right now. Yes, um, this is. It's also motivating for you too because you're like, I don't want you to. That's Think what I say. Like People ask me, why are you doing this? I'm like, I want to be able to tell my son when he's old enough to understand all this. Yeah. I want to be able to tell him. And probably only be a few years. The kids are so smart anymore. It's true. Um, he knows he he doesn't like the name Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Just from listening to the news. But, you know, I want to be able to tell him. We've indoctrinated him like yeah. a good parent. To make this better for you. Um, I feel like that's. Again, millennials, that's a big push. That, we're that doers. We're exactly. And learners and exactly. self-starters. Self-starters. Just trying to make it better for the people who come after us. (laughs) When he said self-starters, I'm like, are you serious? You serious about that? uh, Again, you you know, there there are many. Of course, there are many self-starters at every demographic. But I would say that that is probably not the first descriptor that comes to mind when you think of 
many of the wokest millennials <laughs> who are usually sleeping until they are woke afternoon. Go on to YouTube and put in millennial job interview and you will get many, many hits. And you read now it's a stereotype. But wow, it just seems perfect for these people. Well, because I thought, I mean, the whole concept of being a self-starter is kind of oppressive, right? I mean, that's what I mean. This whole idea, look, and what has been drilled into their brains by the people that are running the college campuses now is, well, it's unfair that you have to be, you don't need to do that. You're owed things. You're owed many, many things. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Free college, Mm -hmm. a living wage, all of these things that they're owed and they should have them. So- she was talking about her son hates the name Donald Trump. Her son is four. Right. Well, I'm sure four. he's done his own research. I'm and sure he, is, he has. He has compared the various policies that have been enacted, and he's decided that he's against Donald Trump because of his uh, tariffs yes. and yes. his uh, boorish behavior while in office. Yes. And I, so I, <laughs> I laud him for that independent thinking. That's four. all on his own. Now, earlier in the clip, which I didn't play, she said when Donald Trump was elected— she stayed in bed and cried for two days. That's a bad sign. Bad sign for someone. She's a teacher who skipped school for two days to cry well, wait, because her wait. candidate didn't it win. It could have been Saturday and Sunday, Chad. Well, it was the two days after the but election, she, which was a Tuesday. Maybe she waited. Maybe she waited to have her grief uh, until she, the weekend. She did not clarify that. I assumed it was Wednesday and Thursday after the election. I well, could there, be wrong. there were many college professors that canceled classes. Yes. I mean, you can't go on when Hitler has been elected, Chad. She wants Stop to be, minimizing the horror. She wants to be your representative, but she cried for two days when her candidate didn't win <laughs> in bed. But you know what? School. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is not exceptional. I know. This is the norm. That's the point okay? of this whole Th- segment. This reaction, it, you know, in a bygone era that no longer exists, yes, this would have been... Perhaps you need to seek mental health counseling. This was a. There's tons of people that skipped work, yes, and skipped going to school and couldn't function for days and weeks on it. Still can't. Well, yes, still in there's... therapy. Still getting electroshock treatment. Whatever. Speaking of Maxine, still Waters, petting their wellness puppies. <laughs> Speaking of Maxine Waters, last week was her birthday. Donald Trump wished her happy birthday on Twitter. Oh, she wished he would leave office. Right. That was the response. Happy birthday, Maxine. I wish you would die and leave office. Right. That's that, that's how it works here. I, I wanted everybody to understand when you stereotypically when you hear millennial, that's the certainly on the progressive side. That's what you're getting. You're getting someone who she's in favor of health care for all. No idea how to pay for it, but health care for matter. all details. Shmeetails. Raise taxes. She wants education just to public education. Just to throw out the money. Just keep, keep throwing out the money. Whatever we have to do, we'll, we'll do. Well, we'll do what Bernie does. We're yep. gonna we're gonna tax speculation. Yeah, speculation <laughs> and conjecture. We're going to tax it all. Hope and change was not good enough. Those, we got hope. Chad, those oil companies, the profits are obscene. The well, obscene profits. She does not want fracking in the state of Pennsylvania, well, of she even doesn't. though it's brought a lot of jobs and money to the state. No, she no, no, want no. That. It's destroying, destroying Gaia. Yes, you can't, you yeah. can't have fracking. So get on her website. It's Shana for District ninety two, and you can look and see. Oh, sorry, Shanna. You can look for her her things. She's co-partnered with George Scott, not George C. Scott, who's a dead actor. This is George <laughs> Scott, who also, miraculously, has almost the same words on his position statement. Wait, what do you mean she's partnered? What does that well, mean? Well, whenever you see a Shanna Danielson sign, oh. you see a George Scott okay. sign. So he's running for Senate, state Senate. Got it. Okay, in the same geographic area. So that should be fun. Um, 
That's York County, Pennsylvania, if you're wondering. It's awesome. I'm hoping they both get crushed. <laughs> because here's, here's how she came to be in politics. She went to a, a meeting called, uh, uh, I want to say Indensify or something like that. Indensify? It's not, it's not Indensify. That actually it's, would be very appropriate. Yeah, that would be. It, it's something about fighting back. It's some meeting that they have nationally. So it's part of the resistance? It's part of the resistance. Yes. They have them all over the country. She went there and met one of the fellow <laughs> Democratic uh, representatives who said, we're looking for somebody to run, to run against this Republican who's been unopposed. And she said, I'm your density. I'm your. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, a little back to her future reference. She, so she ran. I'm thinking she's a sacrificial lamb. They're hoping maybe we can get voter turnout. Maybe she'll draw some people. We don't I mean, expect her to win. Is she photogenic? Is that uh, no? Okay, no, so no, doesn't no, no. that's not part of the appeal. She's married with a kid, so I guess that's okay. the appeal. She just moved here from Carbon County, so she's not even been here that long. It just the point is, tell your children the truth. Okay, you can be in favor of health care for anybody. Everybody, that's fine. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait. But you got to. Figure out how to pay for it. No, no, stop. Because before you start telling your children the children the truth, if your child is four, you shouldn't be telling them about <laughs> Donald Trump no. or, or by the way, Barack Obama. Right. Or he's four or she's four. <laughs> they shouldn't be worried about uh, the ozone layer. No. Okay. They, they shouldn't be making placards for the latest protest march. They shouldn't be wearing pink knit hats to school, concerned about gun get, None of that. He's They're four. Homesch- he's probably homeschooled. Right. They should be playing with toys. Yes. They should be children. They should be children. Eventually, when your children get to a certain age, you need to, you need to make sure they understand how the world works, not how... The progressives right. wish the world. You works. can teach them about the evils of capitalism when they're six or whatever. I'm glad you brought up the evils of capitalism because I, I this isn't exactly well. It is thinking globally and acting locally. So Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> Focahontas, as you might know, uh, she presented the uh, what is it called the Accountable Capitalism Act. This is amazing. This is this, actually, and she says she's the dyed-in-the-wool capitalist. Now the. the the bill is called a Accountable Capitalism Act, but it has nothing to do with capitalism other than taking it. No, it's Marxism. It's social. Yeah, it's Marxism. I would say socialism, at least Mar- socialism, at least Marxism. She wants to take any company that has a billion dollars in revenue, put it under government control, and they have to get a government charter to exist. That's right. Now that sounds all warm and fuzzy. No, it doesn't. No, well, it doesn't sound warm and fuzzy at all. <laughs> Some people. It sounds it might. insane. It, it sounds, sounds completely insane. insane. So let's let's give an example. We talked recently about Facebook. Facebook would fall under this. Apple, Google, Netflix, Amazon. There's about a thousand companies yeah. who currently fall under this purview. That means they would be run by the government. And I'm sure you can think of any agency you want in the government that's run so well that you want those companies being taken over by the government. No, just just understand what she's proposing because we can't emphasize this enough. She wants the government to confiscate, to take control, command and control, put private enterprise under political discipline. This is exactly what the communists did. What Venezuela did. This is what Marxism is. Now, and what she wants them to do then, and, and if you read this proposal, it's this nebulous, there's going to be a government board that will then determine 
the company has to act in sort of the the best interests of I don't know the global community, <laughs> butterfly communes. I don't know, but the government would then literally be able to allocate and dictate allocate the company's resources. Oh, you mu- for instance, you must donate a certain percentage of your profits every year to planned parenthood. Mm-hmm. You must also spend a certain amount of revenue promoting uh the fight against global warming. You're you have too many profits. We're going to redistribute them to Al Sharpton. Whatever. That's her proposal. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is a woman who people are talking about seriously as running for president. If you want to know how nutbag the Democratic Party has become, yeah. look no farther than Elizabeth Warren. Yes. She's to the left of Alexandra Ocasio <laughs> yes, Airbrain, whatever her yes. name is. But at least Alexandra says, I'm a social socialist Democrat or Democratic Socialist. Elizabeth Warren says, I'm a Democrat and I'm a capitalist. There is nothing capitalist about this. It's total socialism, total Marxism. It's even more. It's not even whatever. Remember, there is no such thing as democratic socialism. Correct. But it's not even their version of democratic socialism. It's not. It's not the version of the much vaunted Norwegian countries. They don't have anything like this. No. This is this is communism. Yes, it is. It's effectively communism. She wants the government to control. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's also incredibly cowardly because. See, what what leftist politicians never want to admit, getting back to your point about what is it going to cost <laughs> our free everything? Mm-hmm. See, they don't like to admit that, well, we have to impose confiscatory taxation on all of the lemmings. So this would allow the government, they don't have to tax anyone, they'll just take the money. Yes, they said it won't, she said it won't cost us anything to do this. That's right. Because, because we now all control money. all the money. We don't have to tax anyone. It's all free since we control all your stuff now. Exactly. Go, go on YouTube and look up Bill Whittle and Tax the Rich. It's like a five or six minute video and he goes about how to, taking all the money from everybody will just barely get us through a year of taxation. But again, nothing I, I want you to focus on the fact that this is a leading intellectual in the Democratic Party. Intellectual is a strong okay, word. Okay, for them, for them <laughs> she, is a, she is at the forefront of mm-hmm. their movement. She is a viable presidential candidate. Her aspirations have been well known. She is held up as one of the leaders of their party. And this literally is what this woman is recommending. Oh, yeah. The government controlling Fortune 500 mm-hmm. companies and mm-hmm. dictating oh, yeah. how they can spend money, what their business purposes are. I mean, if that doesn't scare you it in terms of you. how far off the cliff the Democratic Party has driven, I'm not really sure what will. Well, it, it should not have a hope of even reaching the floor for a vote, but it might. Well, you never know. And look, part of this is. It's an entirely cynical ploy. She know. Here's the thing. I actually think she believes this. Oh, I agree. Okay, she's a she's a true believer. But this is also designed to get the frothing bait. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. right. Take control. Well, she's trying to out Bernie. Bernie. She's basically she's right. going as far left as she she's, can possibly go and trying to go over the cliff. She has gone off the horizon. Yeah. the flat Earth. She's now on the other side of Bernie. Okay, so go back. She and- makes Bernie look like Milton Friedman. <laughs> That's a stretch. Uh, wow. We don't have to define that for our listeners later. But uh, if you look at 2008, when Hillary was running against Obama, Hillary didn't sound like she did in 2016. Eight years later, 
she was far left of where she was eight yeah. years earlier. So was Obama. Elizabeth Warren is trying to go far left of anything we've ever seen, and that's what we've talked about in the past. They can't go left enough. They can't go far enough to give it away. Give. I'm sure if she got into power, she'd say, let's just give it everything away. And do you do you think that anyone, no, of course, this is a rhetorical question, you know, any of the intrepid media, someone like Chuck Todd, no, no. now, Elizabeth, even though you're one of my favorite people in the entire world, um, <laughs> how does the government literally taking over the largest thousand corporations in America what does that have to do with capitalism exactly? Because that kind of sounds like the opposite. Yeah. They will. I mean, they, first of all, they will never challenge her on this because no. I think many of them that agree real, with her. Real, well, they agree with her or the ones that realize that it is pure nuttiness. They just they're just going to pretend she never proposed this. <laughs> right. Let's put the memory. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, that's craziness. You, you do. You do bring up a good point, though. What would it take for somebody to actually challenge this? She'd never debate anybody who could challenge her. Oh, no. She would never go on a show where somebody would actually challenge her that she thought was going to challenge her. Chuck Todd won't challenge her. Uh, I don't know anybody else that would. At what point do they say, okay, you've proposed all this stuff, Bernie, Elizabeth. You're now in a general election. Explain yourself. Well, how? at least to her to her uh, credit, at least she can explain how she's going to pay for things. She's just going to take the money. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> wait, this is this is what we've been trying to get across. This is her own. This is her thought, and it's probably shared by quite a few of her fellow progressives that this is how the world should be run. If this is what you think is good, so they take all their money the first year. Now what? You think they're going to make the same amount of money or more than they did that last year? No. Well, if, if you thought, if you remember how the Demo- we've talked about this before, remember how the Democrats were constantly railing about how unpatriotic it is for all these companies not to do business in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Now, someone might want to ask Elizabeth, now, gee, what do you <laughs> think that will incentivize Senator Warren when the American government makes it clear that they're actually going to take over private industry and dictate how they will run their companies and spend their money? Do you think that is going to cause a stampede of companies coming here or leaving no. like Usain Bolt in the 100-meter dash? <laughs> They'll be gone before the ink gets dry. I guarantee it. You'll never have that money. So never if you want to it. design a system not, that not is guaranteed to, to have trillions of dollars flee the, the United States and crater the stock market, you couldn't come up with a better plan if you plotted it for decades yes kudos elizabeth well she's good because she doesn't have money in the stock market she's got a government pension she's great i'm sure she's making no money on being a a senator i'm sure she's just getting her salary and nothing else no perks nothing right you know keep that in mind when the next time she starts speaking go was this the lady who wanted to take everything from me Wow, I think I should vote for and Massachusetts. Well, she doesn't good want for to, you. Yeah, you, know, you don't. You know, you're safe. You don't make a billion dollars in no. revenue. It's all good. No, but I work for people who do, and so does everybody else. You 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 somehow interact with companies that make a billion. And by the Coke, way, Pepsi. By the way, even though she's ideologically aligned with all of the people at Apple and Facebook, I have a feeling that even they would would not welcome their new corporate overlords yes. uh, when they started being told. Um, this is how you're going to reinvest your profits. These are the initiatives. By the way, your shareholders, uh, they don't really matter anymore. No. We're more interested in pursuing social justice on behalf of, I don't know, um, the Any, Delta smelt. I, 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 
it, it is, again, you cannot overstate no. how not only kooky, but dangerous this is. And just appreciate, this is where the Democratic Party, this is now the center of gravity for mm-hmm. the Democratic Party. Yeah. They, all you ever hear place. the media talking about is how the Republican Party has become so extreme, captured by the extremists. There are no extremists on the left, of course. <laughs> They're um, all mainstream. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren is now the kind of the, the, the fulcrum around which the Democratic Party is operating, and they're out in space. I mean, they're, they're floating in another galaxy now. Yeah, I understand. She's got a 9% approval rating to be president from de- registered Democrats. 9%. I'm sure it'd have to go up a little bit more for her even to consider a, a run, but 9%. She's leading. She's yeah. leading on the Democratic side. Hillary hasn't, hasn't uh, said she won't run in 2020, yes. so we can always hope. They, they may have to. They may have to tie her up in a closet. <laughs> so, let's change pace again. Educate your children when they're old enough. Yes. About what's true and what's false. Actually, you probably should tell your four-year-old about Elizabeth Warren. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's that, that it's bad. That, it's that bad. Correct. <laughs> so, I I don't know how to I don't know how to put this. I don't like Ohio State. I won't say hate. Hate's a strong word, but I don't like Ohio State, and I'm not a Penn State fan. I'm a Michigan fan. I, so. I'm completely. Um, are you ambivalent? Neutral. I, I don't really care about Ohio State. Okay, I do not like them, so I'll, I'll put that out there. I don't root for them. No. Um, I would root for Penn State over them any day of the that's week. That's fair. That's fair. I would root for Michigan over both Penn State and Ohio State, but that's that's my issue. So, Urban Meyer was under some some fire for, let's say, running a less than moral ship, both at Florida and now at Ohio State. And and just to have some background here, when he was at Florida. He won two national titles with the football team. Tim Tebow was his quarterback. And I believe Tim Tebow gave them a lot of grace for the rest of the dirtbags on that team. Uh, They had some less than law-abiding. Aaron Hernandez comes to mind. The Pouncey brothers. Uh, These guys got away with a lot of things, and it was covered up because Urban Meyer won two national championships for Florida. So he left Florida, took some time off, got hired by Ohio State in 2011, and he's done well. They won one national title with Ohio State. Well, done well. I mean, look, in the coaching... 78 pan- and 8, In I the think. current coaching pantheon, there's Nick Saban, and no one's close, and then there's Urban Meyer. Yes. Uh, th- those are the two titans of college coaching. Correct. Urban Meyer has won three national championships. Uh, Nick Saban has now, what, won seven? I, I-, I lost like track. He had one seven, at LSU. He's got, like, six at Alabama. Yeah. But, the, I mean, Urban Meyer and Nick Saban... Nick Saban is on a plateau all of his own, and the next guy beneath him is Urban Meyer. Yes. And he's above a lot of other people. Dabo Sweeney might be the third. Dabo is coming up. I mean, Dabo is the next guy. He's yeah. You know, he's won one national championship, almost won two. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but but in terms of national championships and consistent success, you know, Saban and Meyer are kind of in their own little universe yeah. right now. Yeah. So he's well regarded in Ohio. He's well regarded oh, in the sure. coaching pantheon. But he had a guy on his staff at Florida, and then he took him to Ohio State, who. Beat his wife, or at least is accused of beating his wife. Allegedly. Allegedly, multiple times. There seems like there's a lot of um, smoke. Yes. A lot of incidents. And Urban has been less than honest about... Urban admitted that he um, He knew about something three years ago. Interestingly, Urban's wife, I believe, is like a Title IX coordinator. This is fascinating. At Ohio State. At Ohio State. (laughs) Uh, the wife had texted her, I think maybe even photographs, yes. basically about the alleged the, the abuse. The wife had even texted back and said, I'm frightened for you. 
Urban Meyer has said, I had no idea this was going on. Do we believe Urban Meyer? I don't think so. Uh, I don't. Uh, I didn't ever discuss this with three years with my wife, who is the Title IX coordinator or one of them and who's been texting with this woman. And even more bizarre stuff with this guy. I recently read when he was at the White House, he was pulling in Anthony Weiner and sending pictures of his junk. He's having sex with uh, other employees on the like on the football. It just it's, this guy sounds like a he, real piece like, of work. Yeah, he, he's Earl Bruce. If that means that name means he was a former Ohio State head coach, Earl Bruce's grandson. So this may partially and that was explain. and Earl Bruce was Urban Meyer's mentor. Yeah. So there's a soft spot probably this, for this, this guy partially that shouldn't be there. The but... no evil approach. <laughs> exactly. So some stuff came out. He made some statements at the Big Ten Day. Said I didn't know anything about this. He had just fired this guy the day before Smith. And it took him three years to fire right, him. Well, fired him because it was reaching critical mass. Correct. The media was all over it. Fired him, said, I didn't know anything. Nothing happened. I don't know anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it came out that maybe Dave's put on suspension. They did a... They did a review, a two-week review. It cost a half a million dollars. I don't know what cost half a million dollars, but two-week review. It just does. That's the price. That's just the automatic cost. It's a flat fee. They want to build the state for that, but okay. So yesterday, the Board of Trustees at Ohio State had an 11-hour meeting and made a ruling. And guess what happened to Urban Meyer? Probably got fired, First right? publicly caned. First then, publicly then caned. Sent to a CIA His contract black- says he is responsible for reporting to the AD any and all misbehaviors by his players and his coaches. This guy was one of his coaches. He got three game suspension. 23 page document. Draconian. So <laughs> Ohio State will never recover from that chat. I want to play this clip from Colin Cowherd and then I want to read some things that we learned. Well, I also want to talk about the actual deme- his demeanor at the press conference, which was hilarious. It was. Hilarious to- in a bad way. A yes, very bad very, way. Very, very bad way. Listen to Colin Cowherd and I don't usually, Colin Cowherd's progressive liberal and the and I don't agree with what he's saying, but I want to talk about what he says here. Folks, we all do this. We protect people who take care of us. And if you're really good at your job, you get away with more. You just do. Urban Meyer's really good at his job. He's 73-8 and eight at Ohio State. He's won three national titles. He's a remarkable 11-3 and three in bowl games. There was one year he coached at Ohio State that was ineligible. He went 12-0 and 0 that year. He turned around Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State in hours. Four for four. Not even Nick could do that. When people are really good at their job, we give them second and third chances, and he's really good. This entire investigation was not to find information to fire him. They were seeking information to protect him and keep him. That's what they were looking for. We all do this. I've done this. Somebody takes care of my kids. Somebody gives me something. I mean, let's just pretend, wild scenario, we had an inappropriate president who had a relationship with a porn star. But the economy's good, so he got me a job. I got his back. We all do this. When people take care of us monetarily, emotionally, take care of our family, make us feel good, we got their back. We get embedded. We protect them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, first of, of, of all, I have, I have to say something about this. 
I've you know I've listened to Cal- what is with the Edward R. Murrow I know it's very it's not his normal the, yeah I, I am I am it was, it was saying solemn. yes I am intoning significant and very penetrating insights I have now adopted a new approach <laughs> to my radio program it's a very platonic ethos that I like what is that it's not it's not Colin Cowherd not not normal Colin Cowherd that's just bizarre it was like, bizarre. I am a very contemplative mm. uh, deep thinking personality <laughs> which he's not I am sharing he might be a deep thinker very important thoughts about Urban Meyer by the way uh, do I disagree with what he was saying there repeatedly no of course not it's fairly obvious yes well, my problem with what he's saying is he said if you're good enough if you're talented enough it's okay to not follow the rules well, and that's well, a bad I don't message. know that he was saying that. Well, I, you, I didn't hear him you don't saying... Get, you don't get punished for not following that's the rules. Diff- that's a different thing, though. It, it, well, I don't know that he was advocating... He wasn't advocating. You should do this. What he was saying is that it's human nature that people are going to get second and third chances because they're excellent at what they do, and so that's just the way the world works. I didn't hear him necessarily saying in a normative way, this is how you should behave. Well, okay, I'll say that. But Jim Trestle got fired... Yeah, the vest? The the vest. He won a national championship at Ohio State as well. He got fired because of tattoos. Right. Think. Let that sink in for a second. He got fired because of tattoos. Now, I don't think Urban Meyer should ultimately forget the contract he signed. I don't think you should ever expect the coach to be ultimately responsible for all the actions of everybody no, I, he I coaches agree with or everybody who works for him. That's ridiculous. In fact, my general my general approach to most of these is to say. If there's this idea that the coach is this all-seeing guy who has to... By the way, these programs... Okay, this isn't like uh, you've got 20 people. I mean, these programs have hundreds and hundreds of people that are involved from not only the the ridiculously large coaching staff to the trainers, to the PR flax, to the tutors, to the actual players. It is a business. It is a huge, big business. If you want to make the argument that, look, the buck stops with the coach, anything that goes wrong in his program, but... My view of that is, particularly when you're dealing with sort of criminal stuff, and this is where it becomes murky with Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. unless the coach has direct knowledge, sort of knows or ought to know, yes. you can't make them responsible because you've got a guy on your team, you know, in the video room who decided he was going to haul off and whack his... W- now, <laughs> the problem Urban Meyer has is that there is That's very the credible circumstantial evidence that he knew about this. Moreover... This guy was such a serial abuser of all sorts of things that were going on with him that I now find it hard to believe that this was not known among the coaching staff. Okay, I would agree. Keeping a lid on a guy like this. This wasn't a one or two time, oh, he, he, he hit his wife or is alleged to hit his wife. But other than that, he's got a clean rat. This guy was a problem from day one. Let me read some things here. So Meyer doubted Courtney Smith's 2015 allegations. He doubted when she said, I was abused by my husband. Here's the interesting part. In 2009, he must have believed her because he, he and his wife were counseling Smith and Courtney and, his, and her husband for the same thing. So why in 2009 do you believe her, but in 2015 you think she's making it up? Eh, sorry. Smith had a stretch of problematic behavior. Yes, he did. We talked about that. He's not the best Problematic role model. being a gentle euphemism. Yes, Meyer knew about the 2015 investigation into Smith in 2015 and then lied about knowing that it happened. 
Meyer may have wiped his phone and text messages that showed that he knew that because he was told he had to turn his text his phone in. The next day, he only had text that went back a year, and he'd had the phone for five or six years, seven years now. So that's a little strange. Questions over media day comments where he said, I don't know anything about this. I don't know what you're talking about. Here's the great one. Medications may have played a role. They're saying he's ta- he has taken medication that may have interfered with his memory and his ability to act accordingly. I bet he could remember all of the, the plays the play, for the that, week. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, wait a minute. So if he can't remember what he's doing, should he even be employed in the role right. he's in? That's a little suspicious. And Meyer had a blind spot for Smith. As we said, he was Earl Bruce's grandson, and Earl Bruce was his mentor. That's beside the point, but you can't keep giving this guy over and over and Here's over the, and over. Look, I don't really care. Again, I don't care enough about Ohio State, whether they kept him or fired him or suspended him or made him write a thousand times on the blackboard. I, you know, uh, domestic abuse is bad, whatever. Uh, of course it is. I was fascinated by you. Watch, if you wa- I would encourage you, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, to go watch mm-hmm. Urban Meyer at the press conference. Okay, first of all, the entire event, just a galactic tone-deaf disaster. <laughs> Yep. Right. One, a lot of the media people have pointed out not a single person said anything about what is her name? Courtney Smith. Courtney Smith. Meanwhile, they're making these abject apologies to Buckeye Nation. Yes. Uh, apparently, Buckeye Nation being uh, gathering. Uh, uh, I don't know what the contiguous sure. boundaries are. Buckeye Nation. <laughs> it's quite small. Uh, and then Urban Meyer reading off this monotone boilerplate. I am very sorry for the things that they are making me say that I did. And I don't agree with, but I did I'm them. sorry to Buckeye Nation, and I'm really actually ticked off that I actually have to be here. Don't they know I've won 97% of my game? <laughs> it was unreal. And then he was asked a question, uh, you know, did you, do you think you deserve the three-game suspension? And his answer was, I trust and respect Mr. whatever Magoo yeah. over here who imposed the <laughs> sentence. That was it. I That's mean, the of it. he was what he was exuding was I don't think I did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I am annoyed to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm the most powerful man in Ohio basically. So, I'm going to I'm going to sure. read my little piece of propaganda, my little Soviet style apology that they gave me to say here and we're going to move on. I mean, mm-hmm. Why couldn't he have said so? this is simple enough? Uh, you know, Urban, do you have any regrets about how this went down? You know, actually, I have a lot of regrets. In hindsight, there were many signs that I should have been aware of that maybe I chose to ignore because this was a friend. It was someone that I respected as a colleague. But in looking at this now and sort of the clear light of day, um, there's no way that my behavior was defensible. I should have done something sooner. I I was I lied about knowing because I was scared about the consequences here. You could have gone in so many directions here where he would have at least been able to have. Oh, okay, that's a candid thing to say. Mm-hmm. He made a mistake. <laughs> he won't do. No, no. It was just. I'm sorry to Buckeye Nation for any pain this has caused <laughs> and any anxiety about whether we will be in the playoff again this year. It was just a fiasco. So if he'd have done that, would that not open up to civil? liability with Courtney Smith saying you didn't stop it. You had the opportunity to stop it and you didn't stop it. Aren't you culpable? What's his, what is his legal duty? I don't know. He doesn't have a, he does not have, I made mistakes. I did something wrong that uh, it's not criminal. Not criminal. It doesn't matter. What is the civil? Okay. Let's talk very quickly. Veer into civil liability. 
either you have a contract that says one of my obligations is to ensure that which none he of my, does. Okay, but does the contract say I have an obligation no. to ensure that my assistant coaches and anyone on my staff doesn't beat their wife? Yes, or, it does. That's what it says. It does say uh, domestic abuse. What does uh, it say? I don't have the words. Does it say he has to report it? He has to report it to the the AD as it happens when he finds out. He thing. has to report it. Here's and he the did thing. Not. There's already enough circumstantial evidence that he lied and failed to do that that they could bring a civil case anyway. Okay, but don't you even give you give him more ammunition if you say I did it? Perhaps. I'm bad. I mean, and and maybe that's what was going on is that it was complete CYA. The lawyer said you cannot say anything, you cannot concede anything. But I agree you, with your I agree with your sentiment thing. though. Here's the thing: you could have still crafted. You, okay, fine. I wasn't aware that this was going on. Just continue the lie, sure, and say. However, in hindsight. I wish that I had done more to investigate this. There okay. were enough signs that even though I didn't know, I should have taken it upon myself to be more proactive because there were things that I could have looked into. See, that at least allows him to say, I still had no knowledge, but I wish I wish I had done more. So you're maybe saying, I could have uncovered this. You're saying the expense report that Smith submitted for $600 at a strip bar in Miami right. wasn't a sign like, whoa, what's going on here? That, didn't, I, I that just, didn't ring the bell on something? Do they not have anyone at Ohio State that has a PR degree? I mean, even if uh-huh. it's going to be an entirely cynical... To be fair, I'm not sure anyone can read. Any cynical write. spectacle? You know, the three-game... Oh, no, a three-game suspension yes. for Urban. Three games of against, no consequence. Although, they say well, PCU's ranked 16th. Well, yeah, okay, t- okay, great. great. But, but by the way, sure. so what? I mean, the, the machine is going to roll on. I mean, well, here's the thing. He's suspended without pay from yesterday okay. till September 2nd. Right. He can't coach those three games, but after September 2nd, he can practice with the team until those three games have passed. Then he can coach them again. I'm like, right. oh, really? He's That's still, he's still quite the suspension And by the way, there. so, I mean, the, the salary hit for him, because I think Urban makes about 7.8? 7. 7. Yeah, so he's going to only this year roll in about $6.8 million. He'll probably get incentives. They're gonna have I'm sure to, there'll be incentives, uh, too. They, they may have to go on the SNAP program so, in Ohio. I, I'm not comparing this to Penn State. That was a totally different situation. But you had a man who was, again— you're culpable for people who aren't even employed by you when this comes out and when the incidents occurred, at least according to the, all the court records. He got fired in a week. It took two weeks to find a reason to keep Urban Meyer. Jim Trestle got canned because of tattoos given away to his players. It almost feels like football is the only thing that matters in Ohio State. It almost feels like that? Well, it does feel like that. <laughs> I don't say almost. But by the way, I'm, I'm, not, I'm biased because I don't like not, Ohio State. This is not unique to Ohio State. I was, no, having, a, I was having a conversation with a, a colleague at work. What people uh, either forget or don't seem to understand, because they, 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 they understand this behavior, this kind of, you know, this, this sweeping lack of morality and ethics and, uh, in, in the corporate world, right? This is big business. Yeah, oh, this is. is this is hundreds of millions, if not yeah. billions of dollars. Oh, yeah. So yeah. why is it a surprise? You know, you, you oh, it's Wall Street. It's, it's the same thing. Well, the mask slips, again, when they take the side. I don't know if she was beaten. And if she was, that should never have happened. Her husband should never have laid hands on her. That's reprehensible. I don't know what Urban Myers, outside of his contract obligations, I don't know what he was supposed to have done other than report it. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, sweeping under the rug or anything. But at some point, culpability has to lie with the person who did it, not the Absolutely. person who heard about it later. That so again, the Me Too movement has caught up to a lot of this stuff, whether you like it or not. 
but it does seem like they went out of their way to keep him and come up with 23 pages of why they should keep him, even though in their own, just like James Comey two years ago, even everything they're laying out, he broke his contract. He should have been fired. Everything he did was wrong according to his contract, and they kept him. James Comey laid out the same thing for Hillary Clinton and then said they shouldn't charge her. It's the same situation. You get people you like, as Colin Cowherd said, people you that work well for you, that are successful, yeah. get well, another isn't, chance. Isn't it fascinating that uh, Colin uh, Cowherd chose Trump as his example, which is yes. fine. Sort of neglected, because actually Hillary Clinton would be a far better yes, example of that in terms of, well, actually, only she's not good at her job. I don't think she's ever been good at any job. <laughs> However, setting that aside, in terms of people who have power and influence, uh, yeah, they, they have a different set of rules. They I do? mean, Hillary Clinton has never had any rules applied to her ever. And you want to make that argument about Donald Trump? Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, Donald Trump, we're talking about character flaws. We're, I mean, get into that next we're, we're jumping into this like, you know, <laughs> look what he's getting away with. Well, paying off your mistress who's a porn star is not illegal. Let's get to that. That's our next topic. So Paul Manafort got convicted on eight out of 18 counts of yawning. not paying his taxes. Yawning. I'm yawning. Somehow that's Donald Trump's fault. I, I don't know what that has to do with Donald Trump. If it's guilt by association, okay. Paul Manafort, we've said from the beginning. There's jubilation, not, Chad. This is now. Is, Chad, is this the moment? This is finally he it. He does not have a deal yet with Mueller. He's going to flip. The I don't know he's going to flip on, but he's going to flip. The noose is tightening. Cohen. The day, the day of our um, freedom. Yes. Is coming. Free at last. Chad. Cohen also pled guilty, or not, didn't go to trial, pled guilty to tax evasion and paying off Stormy Daniels, which, well, uh, it's not illegal to pay somebody to not speak. Well, okay. So, um, and again, I, I just, <laughs> it's the daily, yes, today we finally got him. Finally, we yeah. the thirty-seven other times that he was doomed. We don't; those are in the memory. This is it. This is it. We've got them. Now, I, I don't condone extramarital affairs. Well, of course, I not. don't condone anything Donald look, Trump has done with look, this. I think it's reprehensible. Cohen, that he did it. Cohen was Trump's bag man. The yes. guy's a slime. Look, Trump surrounded himself. <clears throat> With a whole bunch of people who could have been bit players on The Sopranos, okay? Manafort is undoubtedly a tax cheat. Sure. I have, I have no, no problem with him getting whatever reckoning is coming to him. It's not good, and it's yes. a crime to hide money from the federal government. They want so to take. So that's Always. fine. Why is Robert Mueller involved in this, Chad? Not sure. Because <laughs> if I recall, the reason for his existence is... Uh, basically, I'm investigating Russian collusion, which we know is a fantasy and a farce. And everyone knows the only reason that Paul Manafort is getting the, both barrels here as the judge who presided over this case made apparent in oral argument when they sought a motion to dismiss is everyone knows you don't care about Paul Manafort. You're using him to get to Trump. Why is now Robert Mueller isn't technically involved in the He farmed it out, yes. right? Why do they care about Cohen? Only because of his utility in an effort to try to get to Trump. Now, Cohen, they you know, is more of a political problem, to, you know, according to Wolf Blitzer and the people that obsess about this twenty four seven. Because most of the country just doesn't care. Right. They've stopped listening to these people. Right. Is because this this fascinates me. This tells you sort of the. Uh, the the resistance is not very good at understanding legal concepts. So let me try to help out here. The fact that Mr. Cohen pleaded 
to committing a campaign finance violation has absolutely nothing to do and is not binding or precedential in any way as it relates to Donald Trump. Mr. Cohen, by the way, I love this. Lanny Davis is representing Cohen. Okay, now, does anyone know who Lanny Davis is? He's basically the Clintons' consigliere, right? So isn't it fascinating that Lanny Davis has advised Mr. Cohen to plead guilty to two things, two campaign finance violations that the former chairman of the FEC says are not even crimes? Yes. All right, now. So everyone's saying Federal Election Commission for those who right. Know what so FEC everyone is. is now saying you know part of you know where Hitler's going. Well, hold down. on, hold on. How can he plead guilty to something that isn't a crime? Well, let me explain <laughs> this. Let me explain this. The prosecutor is the one that drafts the guilty plea. Now there is such a thing as a campaign finance violation, sure. which is a crime. It is the prosecutor's. It is the prosecutor's that. theory that by paying off. Stormy Daniels, Trump directing Cohen to make a hush money payment, which is sleazy and unethical and exactly what we would expect from Donald Trump. Certainly. That act in and of itself under the relevant statute and regulations constitutes a campaign violation. That is the prosecutor's view. If that case would go to trial and someone who is the defendant would contest that, they would have the burden of establishing that beyond a reasonable doubt through factual evidence and then the applicable law, and there would be an adjudication. The fact that Michael Cohen has pled, yes, I've committed this crime, says nothing whatsoever about whether that is in fact a provable crime against Donald Trump under that set of facts. Does that make sense? Has it ever been – now, I understand campaign finance because Dinesh D'Souza, as we said – Gave too much money. It was a campaign finance uh, violation. Giving money to somebody, if you can't prove that it came from the campaign's finances, can't be a campaign finance crime. Right. What they're saying is that it was intended to influence an election, which, of course, goes to the mental state of the person that's doing it. The point is, is that. Cohen can plead all day long to whatever the prosecutor says you committed a crime. I mean, if you go in today, Chad, and the prosecutor says you have committed a uh, you have committed assault and battery and um, armed robbery. If you plead to that, they have no need to prove that against you. Those are actual crimes. If I walk in and he says you're wearing a blue shirt and today that's a crime. I just made no, it up on the spot. But, That's a but crime. the way if you read the guilty plea, what they have said is they have set forth the elements of the prima facie elements, the basic elements, the requisite elements of campaign finance violation. And Cohen has basically said what I did is equivalent to those things. But that is by no means clear. And if Donald Trump. By the way, Donald Trump as a sitting president cannot be indicted, so this is all just more theater. Well, that's, that's his theory. That's no, that's actually the theory of the Justice Department. Right. A sitting president cannot be indicted. Um, if, it, if Donald Trump, let's take him out to the presidency, criminally decided, indicted. They can criminally be indicted. sued. Yes. Yes. If Donald Trump chose to defend himself in another world where he was actually trying to be separately indicted as a co-conspirator here, he would be able to present a defense that says, all of these facts that you're alleging, that I did this, I admit it, that I had my attorney pay her are not campaign fine violation campaign finance violations within that statute. 
I think he has a very good chance of winning that case. So all these people who are squawking like Al Gore, the debate is over. Cohen has pled guilty. So Trump is guilty. That's nonsensical. That's not true at all. So what I read was that uh, he pled guilty because there were other tax evasion things yes. that could have gotten him in jail. So he pled guilty to the lesser stuff. Of course. And by the way, as we pointed out with Dinesh D'Souza, most of these kind of violations are never prosecuted at all. People pay a fine. It's nothing. Of course, because it's Trump, it's now the end of the world. It's Armageddon. It's the worst crime since Jeffrey Dahmer (laughs) ate people. Right. Right. Um, So the other point here is the question also becomes, again, why is Robert Mueller? This is what we're left with. Mm -hmm. This is what is now going on. They want Cohen to flip. They want Cohen to say things. Say what? We don't know. That's 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 the point. You've got me. You've got me. Now what? I, I've got tapes of Donald I am, Trump. That is me in the grainy photos taken by Wilford Brimley meeting with <laughs> Boris and Natasha. Yes, <laughs> and that was at the request of Donald Trump. Is Wilford Brimley still alive? I think he is actually. Wow, okay. That that's I think that's the, the left's hope is that there's something that Michael Cohen knows that he can prove okay, but that let's, brings down let's, Donald so let's Trump. play this out. The end game is still exactly the same. The Democrats will never accept the results of this election. They want to remove Donald Trump. The, every effort they have, done, uh, they have taken is focused on that goal. Here's the thing. Since he can't be criminally indicted as a president, and by the way, Mueller doesn't have anything to indict him with, the end game is still political. It's impeachment. If the Democrats take the House in a couple of months, they will immediately have their scroll of impeachment articles that they will, you know, Maxine will run down and file. And then Trump will not be removed because it takes a two-thirds vote in the Senate. That'd be 67 for you people yes. who can't count. So he's never here, – here's the funny thing. Not only is he never going to be removed by 2020, because here's the thing. We're going to soon be in the run-up very mm-hmm. soon to the next presidential election. Mm-hmm. So all of – I mean this jubilation in the streets, we thought that Palpatine is, is doomed. No, he's not. He's going nowhere. Yes. The best you're going to do – is you're going to take the House, you're going to file articles of impeachment, you're now going to control all the committees, you're going to investigate everyone down to his butler and whatever else, and you're going to basically try to hamstring the administration as long as you can. The Senate is never removing him for anything. He's going to be president for the duration of his term, and then you can hope that Elizabeth Warren or Cory Booker and his friend, oh T- his imaginary friend T-Bone are going to win. But here's, you know, so that's, that's the first point, that he will never be removed from office. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, again, you just use a helicopter and, you know, just kind of, and a shepherd's crook. And, and <laughs> he's he's on Marine One going to Camp David. Maybe you can remove from White it's, House. it's never going to happen. So you bring up a good point. We've, and we've talked about this. Mike Pence is in the wings waiting. That's the second be, be careful point. What you wish for. There's a book that just came out called The Shadow President, The Truth About Mike Pence. Okay, right. Okay, this is, this is an article from uh, Maureen Grope from USA Today. She lists six key takeaways from this book. Lead them one by one, and I want you to laugh. This is the shadow president? The shadow president. I thought Dick Cheney was still the shadow president. I think Dick Cheney's still alive, and no, I don't believe he is. He he left in 2009. Number one, is Mike Pence a Christian supremacist? Is it supremacist or supremacist? Supremacist, sorry. Thank you for correcting me on that. Is he a Christian supremacist? Oh well, clearly, clearly, obviously, he doesn't. He, he doesn't he eat believes... dinner with, by himself with other women <laughs> if his wife isn't there. Theocracy. This, this is not the first Pence warning. You've been warned. It's it's not the first warning. It's not the first the Trump. Warning. The Trump of doom. He's taking advantage of the chaos of the Trump administration to amass enormous power under the radar. The human <laughs> rights. The human rights campaign launched a campaign early this year to highlight Pence's record on issues 
important to the LGBTQ community. You've been warned. This wait, is not the first wait, time. There, but wait, is there an example of the enormous power? Does, uh, like, has he taken control of certain military satellites? At, he talked at NASA. Uh, former White House aide Omarosa writes in a new memoir that Pence is biding his time until R- Trump resigns or is impeached. You mean like every other vice president? <laughs> okay. He's bi- That's right. What else is he going to do? She said, as bad as you think Trump is. You should be worried about. Yes, you should. Actually, that's the first. That is correct. He thinks Jesus tells him to say things. I think he might be mentally unstable. Wait, you mean like, oh, I don't know, another 140 million Christians in the country that he apparently believes similarly. He and Oprah. But they have not amassed power. This is good. He's weaponized niceness. Weaponized niceness. What does that mean, you ask? He said he cited uh, convicted Watergate conspirator Charles Colson as a dear friend and mentor uh-huh. because of the religious conversion Colson underwent in prison. Also, the skull and bones and chemtrails. <laughs> what is Pence deflecting? While Trump is who he said he was, the Bilderbergs, the right, Pence's pious and cautious exterior. Hate a desire for power equal to Trump's. He he's just as maniacal as Trump he's in a seating power. He's just quieter about it. He's president in the shadows. People go to him for advice on what to do. How <laughs> dare they? How dare you go to the vice president for advice? Wait, what people though? It doesn't say. People in the White House. People in the White House. People in the White House talk to Mike Pence on occasion. <laughs> While yes. he's sitting on his throne of skulls. Taking on as many domestic and foreign and partisan political assignments that seem more engaged in serious matters than the TV-addicted president himself. He's done more for this country, and you didn't even know We it. missed it. All of the signs. And he's a pushback on religious bigotry. He's actually saying, I don't hate people. It must be hiding something. No. And he's you know hiding what? something. The worst part, which I can guess... Do you know what Mike Pence orders for dinner every time he refuses to have dinner with another woman? I'm hoping it's steak, but I don't know. It's Soylent Green, Chad. <laughs> and Green Soylent people. Green is people. You've given away the Charlton Heston movie. Come on. In fact, it's atheist people. He Ooh. has atheist, mulched up oh, atheists mulched, for dinner. Mulched up atheists. Oh, yuck. They're mulched into a nutritious slurry. So if you were worried about Trump getting out, and now we're stuck with Pence. Those six things should give but you pause. Those, here's the thing. Despite the cartoonish nature of that, <laughs> the, the, it, is true, it. it is true that if you are a secular progressive who has spent the last two years in a sensory deprivation tank crying about Donald Trump, Mike Pence would be worse. And so you need to figure out your end game because you haven't really... Uh, you ever see the movie, uh, which is a really good movie, Meet the Robinsons? Yes. Okay, so you remember when the uh, the bowler <laughs> the time hat... time travel the, guy. The time yeah. travel guy, if you haven't seen the movie, this cartoon. is going to make it's sense. It's cartoon. really good. Uh, but there's a there's an evil guy that goes back in time, and he brings a Tyrannosaurus Rex mm-hmm. uh, to go after the, his nemesis, the the young inventor boy. And the, the T-Rex has the bowler hat that's controlling his mind, and the boy is in a corner, and because the T-Rex has the shriveled little arms, he says, Master, I, my arms are not long enough. Perhaps we have not thought this plan through. And <laughs> it is similar for the Democrats. Yes. Have we thought through no. the glorious removal no. of Donald Trump and his no. public caning and shipment to Antarctica? Because 
then Shadow President will take over. Yeah. And actually, Mike Prince, Mike Pence is exactly what they fear, a principled conservative who is a Christian, who is not a buffoon, who... All the things, by the way, all the things that they hate about Donald Trump, he won't do, mm-hmm. but he might even be a more effective president. That would be really bad for them. Don't let them know that. Now, they of course, Mueller will get him, too. Well, sure. Well, they're setting it up. This is right. This, this is the opening they, salvo. Somebody is going to somebody's going to take shots. Papadopoulos is going to flip. He has the goods on Pence. Yeah, he shoots his mouth off. In a Pence was seen in Prague meeting with I don't know. I don't think there's any golden showers. In meeting Pence's meeting with a guy that has a Vlad Putin tattoo. No, no. So Chuck Schumer came out this week right after Manafort got convicted and, and uh, Cohen pled guilty. And I just want to say, Chuck, good try. And I'll tell you what he said, but good try. That's ludicrous on its face. And I can't believe you're stupid enough to think it's ever going to happen. No, I can believe. I can believe whatever it is. He said we should hold approving <laughs> Judge Kavanaugh of course he did. because he was nominated by a guy who was who was t- you know talked about by a felon. Yep. So we should not vote on Kavanaugh. That's a good idea. Because Trump nominated him and Trump was associated with Cohen and Manafort. So it, there's got to be something there that That is very there's persuasive. There, there. That is very persuasive. So I laugh in your face, Chuck. I think it's ludicrous on its face. Well, Maybe but, you and Elizabeth Warren should here's the thing, Chuck. think of something better. Ha, Chuck, ha, have some dignity. Yeah. Okay. Be I a mean, man. That's pathetic. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> down to this is how this is a indication of just how they have no ability to stop this. So now it's now we're down to he shouldn't be allowed to to serve because Donald Trump paid off. a bu- Yeah. OK. <laughs> what does that have to one have to do with the other? I don't know. Now, Susan Collins met with Kavanaugh yesterday. She apparently was, that went well. Apparently it went well because he agreed that Roe versus Wade was settled law. I don't know what settled law actually means in a legal sense. Do you want me to tell you what settled law is? Yeah. If Democrats like the Supreme Court precedent, it is settled law. Oh, okay. If they don't, it is not. So, for instance, Roe v. Wade settled for all eternity. Can't ever challenge Heller, it. not settled. Citizens United, not settled. not settled. See how that works? It's oh. a very simple concept. Okay, so anything they like is settled, anything they don't right. like is the not settled. The debate is over. The Supreme Court has spoken, except when, oh, well, Citizens United well, they haven't spoken. Here's the problem. Susan Collins is technically a Republican. I, I say technically yeah. because by... Our designation, she says, well, I'm a Republican. She's not a conservative. She is a Republican. She's a Democrat. There are many Republicans <laughs> who are not conservative. They, we call them rhinos, Republican in name only. Well, but see, they but th- that's not really accurate because they oh. are a Republican. See, that's the thing. They're it's not just in name only. They are a Republican. Many Republicans are not conservative. So well, it's it true. Be like a, a. But do you think of Susan Collins or Olympia Snow? As Republicans? Well, again, what you're really talking about is what is their worldview. They do not have a conservative worldview. True. When you say, do I think of them as Republicans? Unfortunately, they become to, they, they reflect many increasingly more Republicans well, who are. At, see, I, those two things, you can't. You can't so here's how I look together. at things. I look at uh, if you look at a continuum and down the middle is uh, John Boehner. He sits right in the middle. He claims okay. one side, but he really doesn't really know. Not a conservative. You've got Elizabeth Warren on that far left corner where she's trying to she's trying to expand the left even further and make another wall to okay. go down. You've got maybe Ronald Reagan closer to that wall on the right side. And I think 
you know. Yeah, sure. They're they're in Susan their... Collins is right there with Boehner. We're like, well, she might yeah. actually. I think she's actually more more liberal than Boehner. I well, mean, okay, so Boehner's and, a little and, and further to the right. On you know, and again, are we talking about economic issues, social issues? Well, no, it's very clear. Your point is well taken that they are in the mushy middle. At they, least. they can't be counted on at all to be to be a principled, reliable conservative. If that's what you mean by well, you know, a Republican, yeah. And she came out and she said, "I will. I won't decide what I'm going to do until after all the questions are done with the hearings." And right. uh, okay. She was really adamant. I won't approve anybody who doesn't think Roe versus Wade is yeah, settled. That's a pretty settled law. Okay, good. I do. So, as, as I understand it, Kavanaugh didn't say he wouldn't hear a case. She just well, said, he, "Do you think it's settled he, law?" Yeah, it's settled twice your case. Gonna, he's never going to answer that question. No. Uh, would you vote to overturn Roe? I can't. I can't talk about uh, hypothetical cases. Got to have a case in front of me. So I don't think he ever. Because some people on the Christian right are saying, "Whoa, wait a minute." He he kind of like no. He never said he wouldn't no. vote against. Roe versus Wade. If a case was presented that had the merits to, to do it, so I think we're it's still fine there. I just she heard what she needed to hear. I think. Yeah. To, the the, to, o- the only hope that that the Democrats have of preventing Kavanaugh from being on the court is if you have uh, self immolation by uh, the Republicans in the Senate, and that's always a possibility. Sure. Uh, because it's a narrow margin. But mm-hmm. if if they don't get a Republican to essentially renege on their vote for him, it's over. It, this is all just yeah. kabo- this is all just kabuki theater. This is meaningless. You have <laughs> you have theater. yeah you have you have poor Chucky out there now bleeding about oh it's not fair if the president who eats two scoops of ice cream nominated this man we have to wait until uh, you know the next Democratic president again Chuck you have no power buddy sorry yeah. Harry Reid wrecked it for you <laughs> we told you you were going to regret this never thought about it never thought that far ahead you yeah know, you know the whole. Out. We're going to nuke the filibuster when it's convenient for us. You know, you never really thought that maybe you won't still be in power. That's yeah. a problem. Oops. Yep. I just want to end with uh, Andrew Cuomo. Really? Um, Boy, that's a, well, that's a letdown. I think Andrew Cuomo, he's running, a, he's running against the, Cynthia the, Nixon. Is this the America was never great? It is. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. Here's when it'll be great. We have not reached greatness. Mm-hmm. We will reach greatness when every American is fully engaged. We will reach greatness <laughs> when discrimination and stereotyping against women, 51% of our population, is gone. So right. I take that to mean never. Yes, that's right. We will be greatness. So actually, never. he's correct. America, if, if that's the definition America of greatness, never we will be great. No, nor is any other country. There is no government in the face well, of the earth who's ever been great by his I definition. Don't know. Cuba is pretty groovy. I mean, yeah. Other than the you know the gulags and the political prisoners, they've got. Does he have any political aspirations beyond governor? Do you know? Oh, who knows? Maybe he's going to be the uh, czar at the Ministry of Truth or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure he would want to be on Elizabeth Warren's uh, panel. Oh, sure, he would. Uh, the uh, from the Commerce the, Department. The, the yes, the capitalist overseers. Uh, yeah. uh, he would be perfect for that. I felt like we should have played that last week, and I didn't. So I wanted them that out there because, in their own words, they say what they mean. Just listen. Yeah, they're not. They're not hiding it. They're saying he it. forgot, though, that it was great when Barack Obama was elected. Remember, that, well, that's the one time it was as great as it was going to be. It well, wasn't great, but it was as great as it was going to be. We could be proud of it. Yes. For that fleeting moment. Now, he was speaking at a woman's event. I noticed he didn't talk about minorities just when women are not 
stereotypes. Well, I'm sure he will be he will be not. castigated on Twitter for that, and he will issue a groveling. Apology. Oh, he has. Yes. He he tried to clarify. No, no, I'm not even talking about the great. I'm oh. talking about not not mentioning probably. minorities. Yeah, that probably. was a huge oversight. Probably it will be uh, some left on left. Yeah, so warfare. That's where we're at. Anything from you? Um, I don't. Was there, we actually, I think next week we should because we're starting to roll into the NFL here. We so are. We can talk about we'll that. To, my Chargers. The this is their year. Super Bowl for the Chargers. <laughs> because your quarterback's not getting younger. He's only getting older. Hey, he's he's going to be the MVP. League MVP, Philip Rivers. Wow. You heard it here. You heard it here first. <laughs> they have to win a few more games than they won last year if they want that to happen. That's right. You'll get good I odds do, on that in Vegas. I do have a question for you. So in my walks around the neighborhood, when you cut your grass, do you blow it into the street or into your yard? Um, I blow it into my yard. As, a, as an adult human being should. Well, I mean... Yeah, you don't just leave. And you know what? If it would go in the street, I, w- I sweep it up. Mm-hmm. Not my neighborhood. Half yeah. of the people blow it into the street. And I, I mean, they wait until it's about a foot and a half high, and then they blow it in the street, and it just dies there and clumps there and or clogs up the drains. So I just wondered if you were a well, you, good human Well, this is being sort or... of an urban war zone. You've got you know graffiti everywhere. Yeah, I do. Ran- <laughs> random gunfire. People <laughs> blowing their grass into the street. It is. It is. It's descending into. It's sort of like Lord of the Flies, Chad. It almost is. It almost <laughs> is with adults instead of children. Uh, yes, it is almost. I just wondered if you were on the same page. Or well, if we no, might because in, on that. in my my utopian neighborhood, that would never. That would never. I'm sure nobody in your neighborhood does. I that. actually clip my grass with a diamond tipped. Uh, you know. I heard, I heard today my daughter's getting a haircut, and the hairdresser was talking about a little girl who they hid the scissors from her because she would always try to cut her hair at home. Yeah. So they hid the scissors. They didn't hid, hide the nail clippers, and the girl cut a patch in the top of her oh, with head. With the nail clippers. With that nail takes clippers some, down to the scalp. That takes some dedication. Down to the scalp. Yeah, because <laughs> those, those, are, those aren't very sharp. They aren't very sharp, and there's a lot of clipping. You really have to be dedicated for that. So if you've got a kid out there using nail clippers on their hair... I, I also noticed it. in your neighborhood that people park trailers on the street, Chad. They're not supposed to, I but know. they do. It's another, I mean, it's really... A lot of trailers. It's a downward spiral here. We've got a, we've got a lot of um, landscaping people in the neighborhood for some reason, but they just park their trailers on the street all over the place. Is there, is there red mulch? Because red mulch is the mark of societal decay. You know no, that, right? it's black mulch and some Okay, brown. well, that's acceptable because red, red mulch... Red. Red mulch is really the, is the prelude. Yes, it's the yeah. prelude to disintegration. No, red. We don't have the redwood mulch or the plastic chairs in the front yard yet. It's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's com- we do have a horseshoe pit across the street. <laughs> but why? Why is that bad? It's not. But they play late at night and play you know seventies rock music late at night on Saturday nights. And it, has it given you a facial twitch? It has not. It is not. I think next show I'm going to talk like Colin Cowherd the entire. Nobody time. want to listen to that. It Nobody. Is, I I found it incredibly inspiring the the newfound gravitas that Colin Cowherd had. He has no gravitas. He's a he's a sports entertainer at yes. best. People, this this happens all the time. Yes, it and, does. It does. And this is Tony signing off. This is Chad. Good night. <laughs> had you ever? <laughs> This has been a Hannah Tree production.